It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an official community center. A big thank you to our friends over at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back here again for another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Also, you can check us out by following us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to also follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday throughout the season, I'll be answering your questions, a part of our weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. So make sure to at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council. But first, follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. All right, let's have the conversation. I've seen plenty of people talking about it via Twitter and just, you know, out there in general considering the status of Christian McCaffrey on IR and the way that Robbie Anderson has started the season. We'll start out with McCaffrey first. He went on IR on Saturday, missing his third straight game. Thanks to a hamstring injury, he suffered in a quick turnaround week three on the road against the Houston Texans. I thought the Carolina Panthers would be wise earlier a couple weeks ago to put him on IR just to give him the opportunity to rest for three weeks. Instead, They tried to have him out there practice, limited. He spoke to the media, was obviously frustrated by not being available, didn't have really any answers for why his hamstring went out, and he's a guy who's taking care of his body. We had the conversation throughout the offseason of Christian McCaffrey. Could he come back? Could he hold up? And is this going to be a problem for him moving forward? If you go back to the beginning of his career, first three seasons, Christian McCaffrey did not miss a single game. The last full season he played healthy was 2019, where he had 1,000 yards receiving and 1,000 yards rushing, only the third running back in NFL history to do that. The other were Roger Craig of those great 49ers teams, and then Marshall Falk of, of course, the Los Angeles, well, not the Los Angeles Rams, but the St. Louis Rams at the time, and he's now in the Hall of Fame. McCaffrey, as we've seen, when healthy, is a fantastic player, and when not on the field, the Carolina Panthers have struggled. But as you've also heard me say on this podcast, when talking about running back contracts, that I believe that NFL running backs should be paid federal minimum wage. Why? Because you can find any running back out there to go out and produce. Now, I understand that there were guys like McCaffrey, like Dalvin Cook, who we saw on Sunday, like Derrick Henry, if you watched him on Monday Night Football, those guys are different. I understand that. But so was Todd Gurley, right? So was David Johnson. So is all these other running backs that have signed big-time deals. Ezekiel Elliott's a fantastic player. Signed him to a big deal. Tony Pollard offers a lot for the backfield, in the backfield, rather, excuse me, for the Dallas Cowboys. You've seen Chuba Hubbard. Matt Rule comes out on Monday, all of a sudden decides that the Carolina Panthers are going to rededicate their offense to running the football. 
They're going to have Chuba Hubbard run it. They believe that when Chuba has the opportunity that he can go out there and he can run the ball effectively like he did against the Eagles a couple weeks ago, running for over 100 yards. And had he been given more opportunities on Sunday, maybe he would have been able to do that against the Minnesota Vikings. So the Carolina Panthers obviously already believe that their fourth round draft pick out of Oklahoma State, who led college football in rushing the same fall Christian McCaffrey had the 1,000-1,000 season, that they believe he's capable of going out there and helping them win football games. You can have a guy like Shuba Hubbard, then you can have other backs who might be doing other things to supplement the offense and Hubbard at the same time, opposed to having one guy like Christian McCaffrey who's being paid a large sum of money. Now, back in 2020, the Carolina Panthers, after getting rid of basically every single beloved franchise name that we had seen over the last decade, Cam Newton, Luke Keekley, Greg Olson, uh, Ryan Khalil, seeing all of those guys leave, it was like, okay, well, I guess the only face of the franchise here with new owner David Tepper, new head coach Matt Rule, and then you still have the holdover of Marty Herney as the general manager is Chris McCaffrey, so why not go ahead and pay him, especially after he had a fantastic season? And I understood why they did it, even though at the time, and still then, I never felt like it was a good idea just based off of what we've seen with running backs. And I understand that folks are talking about, oh, well, that's why you got to limit his carries and all that kind of stuff and his touches. Like, no, 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 no. If you're going to give this man a four-year, $64 million contract, then you need to give him the ball every single time. Whatever it takes to win football games, but also you need to get your money's worth. Because the way you're supposed to treat running backs in the National Football League, at least my opinion, especially you get in the first round, you get a, you go ahead and you put that, that fifth-year option on them, and if they play well again, you franchise tag them. If they play well again, you franchise tag them. If they play well again, you franchise tag them. You can't do it a third time. You let them go. If they play well and then they don't have a good season, you draft another running back, you put that guy in, you go find another running back, and you do a two-back system opposed to what Carolina did. Had the Carolina Panthers not given Christian McCaffrey an extension and they only exercised his fifth-year option, this would be his fifth and probably final season in Carolina. Now, is that good for the Panthers long-term? I don't know. Obviously, they need Chris McCaffrey, but he's not out there. And you have to be wondering, Matt Rule, who, of course, was there when they decided to extend Chris McCaffrey. And you cannot tell me that Matt Rule did not play a single factor in wanting to keep McCaffrey here in Charlotte, along with the owner, David Tepper, who is an active participant in this organization at the top and in the decision making. Now, sure, Rule has final say. Scott Fitter, of course, does a marvelous job of trying to construct this roster in on every deal. You cannot tell me Matt Rule did not have a say, a very large say, especially with the guy who had the seven-year contract, Marty Herney. We had no idea how much longer he was going to be here in Carolina. You can't tell me that Matt Rule did not play a major role in Christian McCaffrey being here in Carolina. You have to imagine, though, where Christian McCaffrey, who did not miss a single game his first three years, is set to miss 18 of his last 24 games when he misses again on Sunday and in Atlanta, you have to imagine Matt Rule is regretting that. Because had they not done that, he'd be a free agent this offseason. They could still keep Christian McCaffrey. They could, you know, they could franchise tag him or they could sign him to a, a smaller deal. But I certainly don't think that after the last two seasons, Matt Rule would be wanting to sign him to a four-year, $64 million deal that makes him the highest paid running back in the National Football League after what we've seen. And that's not saying that Christian McCaffrey is not a great player. It's just going off of what we've seen in the past with running backs. The Pittsburgh Steelers probably did this better than anyone else out there. Maybe even the Los Angeles Chargers not wanting to pay Melvin Gordon, who we've seen hasn't really gone on to Denver to do any great things. And Austin Eckler has been a fantastic player in his own right without asking for the big kind of money that Melvin Gordon was wanting down in Los Angeles. The Pittsburgh Steelers had Le'Veon Bell, who's the best back in the league for many years, or at least arguably one of the best backs in the league. 
He was a guy like McCaffrey who had great vision, could run in the backfield, and also could line up in the slot and be a fantastic wide receiver if you needed him to be. The Pittsburgh Steelers decided, franchise tag. He played on it, came back another year, franchise tagged him. Le'Veon Bell wasn't having it. So what did he do? He sat out that season, came back the next year, signed the New York Jets, and what did he do in New York? Absolutely nothing. The offensive line wasn't great, but it wasn't like Le'Veon Bell was that great at all. And the Pittsburgh Steelers won. They proved that you don't sign a running back, no matter how good he is, no matter what he does for your franchise, particularly in Pittsburgh, where he was instrumental in helping that team get to the playoffs year after year alongside Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown. They made the right decision. And you can say hindsight 2020, but if you listened to me back when I was on WFNZ, I was saying this. I understood. I always knew that they were going to sign Christian McCaffrey to an extension. And it's unfortunate that for Christian McCaffrey, he got hurt. I feel for him. It sucks. It really does that he works so hard to take care of his body and he's a fantastic player. He gets out there and he gets injured. And it's just, it's dumb luck. It's not him being injury prone, especially the injuries last year. I don't know what you say about a muscular injury like the one with the hamstring. It happens to everyone out there. You see plenty of guys who play in the National Football League who suffer that injury. It just sucks to be Christian McCaffrey in this instance where he pulls his hamstring and now he's out again on IR. After working his way back, hopefully trying to play the last two weeks, and I thought he was going to play against Philly. Didn't happen. Then Matt Rule said there's not a setback last week. Then on Friday, or on Thursday, he's not practicing Friday. Oh, he's going to be out for the game. Saturday, doctors say he needs more time. He's on IR. You look at Christian McCaffrey's contract right now. The Carolina Panthers, if they wanted to, they could get out of it in the uh, 2023 offseason. They got to have him on the roster the rest of the year and then in 2022. But there is an out. In 2023, where if they want to release him or trade him prior to June 1st, dead cap would be $12.8 million. I don't think they want to take that. The cap savings are only 4.8. But if they want to wait till after June 1st, they can save $12 million. Where dead cap will be split over two seasons, $5.7 million in 2023 and then $7.1 million in 2024. Are the Carolina Panthers a better team without Christian McCaffrey? He would still be 27 years old going into that season. He'd still be young, should be still in his prime. Where is Chris McCaffrey going to be physically in two years? By the time we get there, we have no idea. I hope he gets healthy. I would love Chris McCaffrey to stay here. I'm just having a conversation with you. I'm not saying the Carolina Panthers should want to release him, but I've gotten plenty of questions that I'll answer on Friday in the Friday mailbag at Julian Council on Twitter again. That are people asking me, are the Carolina Panthers regretting this? Did they make a mistake? It's very hard to argue against them making a mistake. You have a fantastic player. I don't think it's a mistake to have McCaffrey on the roster. I just think it was a mistake to set themselves up and to put them themselves in position. When you look at the history of running backs in the National Football League over the last decade that have received large contracts, that more often than not, it has not worked out for those teams. Those backs have gotten injured, and they've been able to find other guys who fill those positions for far cheaper prices all across the league that tell you that paying running back the kind of money that Christian McCaffrey received is never good business for a National Football League team. And I wonder, had Scott Fitterer been here, would that have been something that the Carolina Panthers would have done? One of the moves the Carolina Panthers did decide to do this offseason was investing in Robbie Anderson, who we know has been off to a terrible start here in the 2021 season. Might the Carolina Panthers also be regretting signing Robbie Anderson to an extension? We'll get into that here in just a moment. 
Hey, Panther fans, it's Julian Council here with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or the Google Play Store right now using promo code TOUCHDOWN. You can get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back by using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code touchdown to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back and there's no catch. The cash gets added right back to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code touchdown. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, what are we going to do about Robbie Anderson, folks? What are we going to do? I'm not a big fantasy guy. I'm honestly been terrible in fantasy football this year. Also because I just don't care. And I know some of my friends who are a part of my league are probably listening to the show like, hmm, okay. Um, I'm probably going to quit, guys, but I'm not. I can't quit. Uh, you commit to something, folks, you got to you gotta stick with it, even if you hate doing it. But uh, Robbie Anderson, I'm, pl- I'm sure there's plenty of fantasy owners out there, or I guess is it fantasy managers now, who are livid at his production or, well, lack thereof so far through the first six weeks of the season here in Carolina playing with new quarterback Sam Donald in the second year of Joe Brady's system where he was fantastic last season, led the Panthers in receiving yards, had over a thousand yards receiving. It made Joe Douglas, the GM of the New York Jets, look like a complete fool for not keeping him there in New York and giving Sam Darnold an option to try and help him out when he was with a Jet. But here, this year, Robbie has not played well at all. All last week, it was a major story after Robbie Anderson was caught on camera during the Fox broadcast in the final moments of the loss against the Philadelphia Eagles. That was frustrating to all, where Robbie was yelling at wide receiver coach Frisman Jackson after Sam Darnold threw his third interception of the game. We later found out that Robbie was upset because he felt like the uh, corner there for Philadelphia was sitting on the route. And even the corner for Philly, I forget his name, intercepted it. said they were running the same thing all day. He knew what was coming. Thus, the interception that ended the game effectively there for the Carolina Panthers on that miserable Sunday in Uptown Charlotte at Bank of America Stadium. Later on, Matt Rule talked about how he had no problem with Robbie showing emotion and that guys should show emotion. And Robbie Anderson said it later on, like, hey, it shows that I care and have a high football IQ. I could see they were sitting back on those routes and I just wanted to try and do a double move, do something differently. And Joe Brady even backed him up later on last week saying that, yeah, Robbie's smart. He's right. Maybe we should have tried something differently. So what did the Carolina Panthers try to do on Sunday? They tried to get Robbie Anderson involved. Had 11 targets. You know what he did? Three receptions, 11 yards, one touchdown, and three drops. And he was, or is it four drops? He was just pitiful. On Sunday, there's no way else you can 
You can you can describe what he played out there. He was pitiful. And I don't know what the deal is. I truly don't know. Field Yates, he, well, I bring up the fantasy aspect. Big fantasy guy on ESPN. I think he does a great job covering the NFL and fantasy football if you're into that kind of stuff. And he had tweeted out, look, Robbie Anderson, a couple weeks ago, he said, Robbie Anderson's going to figure it out. I'm not worried about it. Then on Sunday, he said, honestly, I don't know what happened to Robbie Anderson. Maybe he's not going to figure it out. And I don't know what happened to him either. And there's really been no, no answer. Matt Rule, when he spoke to the media on Monday, just said about Robbie that he's just got to... You know, not have those distractions that he had last week and just focus on going out there making plays. And Robbie pretty much said he's just not executing. And the answers aren't great. Him not standing up to the podium on Sunday when he didn't have a great game and neither did DJ Moore, but yet DJ was there answering questions. And that the lack of locker room access because of the COVID-19 pandemics that's still ongoing certainly takes away from that ability of reporters to go crowd around a man's locker and shove the camera in their face and their mic in their face and be like, hey, why did you stink today? So if you're a player, I'm sure you love it, which Robbie has to love that he didn't have to answer those questions. And it's a lot easier to answer those questions, I guess, on Zoom, even though it's not like he ever really gives too much in either of any, not either, but any of his press availabilities in terms of a lot of context. That's just really a lot of short answers. And, you know, I guess it's just, he's not might I don't know. He just doesn't answer questions like that. It's fine. It's not like Sam Darnold gives us anything either. It doesn't really matter all that much. And but really, all Robbie Anderson said, I'm not executing. I got to catch the football. It's just, you know, fundamentals and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, yeah, see ball, tuck it in. Then go upfield. But he has to be pressing at some point. And I don't know if it's the contract because we've seen guys completely go out there and dog it after they've gotten money. And it's very easy to go out there and say, hey, this is happening again, especially here in this city in Charlotte where with the team, Across down the road in Uptown Charlotte, the Hornets, where we saw Nick Batum get $5 mil, $120 million and completely dog it there for four straight seasons in Charlotte with the Hornets when it was an albatross contract that was immovable. I don't know if Robbie Anderson's deal is the same way here in Carolina, but I had a conversation throughout the offseason where I felt like this might be Robbie Anderson's last year because they drafted Terrace Marshall, who the team had a first-round grade on. There was some concern about his injury history, but they liked him. Joe Brady, of course, coached him back in that magical 2019 season down in Baton Rouge at LSU when they won the national championship. And you got DJ Moore who needs to get paid. And my philosophy when it comes to wide receivers is, well, you don't, you never pay a guy top dollar like Julio and DeAndre Hopkins and um, Devontae Adams kind of money unless they are that top two or three, four wide receiver in the NFL. And I love DJ Moore, but he ain't that. And you definitely don't pay another guy too much money if you don't need to. And currently... The only wide receiver on the team making any money is Robbie Anderson, who signed that two-year, $29.5 million contract extension prior to the season that guaranteed the entirety of his deal this year and, and added on some money. So Robbie, who was going to the season, only supposed to make $8 million and none of it was fully guaranteed, is now making $12.5 million this year. And then he's supposed to get $13 million next season. Right now, his contract, when he signed it, was... $20.5 million guaranteed. Had a signing bonus, his 2021 salary, and then $8 million of the 2022 salary. So it's not like the Carolina Panthers can move him. And we talk about getting out of contracts and looking at a SPO track. You talk about getting out of contracts, they can't release him. If they try to release him or trade him prior to June 1st, at least they try to release him prior to June 1st, it's a $15.6 million dead cap hit. 
If they release him also, the savings is $1.1 million. So he's not getting released. If he gets traded, and I don't know what team wants to trade for him, if he continues out of the season he's having so far and have to give him the kind of money that he's going to get next season, even if it's not that much in terms of only $8 million of it being guaranteed. But the cap hit is the problem. His cap hit for 2022 is $16.8 million. So if they were to trade him, it'd be a $7.6 million that to take in terms of dead cap and then only a $9.1 million cap savings, which is pretty good. Post June 1st release is a lot better in terms of the dead cap. They split it with 3.3, 3.8 in 2022 and 3.8 again in 2023 while saving $13 million in 2022. I just don't see that happening. Robbie Anderson's going to have to figure things out, but you have to think about it though. The way that Robbie Anderson's played so far this season, it's not like anyone's stepped up. In the passing game, as Matt Rule said on Monday, it's that's when mistakes are happening. They're not an elite passing team, so they need to dedicate themselves to the run. The only guy out there on the roster who is making plays in the passing game as a pass catcher is DJ Moore, who's had a fantastic start to the season. The last two weeks, the Eagles, Darius Slay, basically took him away, and he did it on Sunday when Patrick Peterson, before he uh, um, pulled his hamstring late in that game and that final drive that was able to tie the game. He had locked up DJ, and Matt Rule also talked about teams were shading to his side, trying to take him away, since he was the only threat so far this season. I think matters might be worse for Robbie. Had someone like Shai Smith, who first got a jersey on Sunday, was out there making plays. If Terrace Marshall was out there making big-time plays, I think it would be really bad for the Carolina Panthers. But considering that only one receiver on the roster is making plays right now, it makes a contract. It doesn't make it better, but it's not like you have someone else out there making pennies on a dollar. NFL-wise, and outperforming Robbie, where Robbie's not performing at all. So Robbie has to play better. And if I'm the Carolina Panthers, I am definitely thinking to myself, maybe we should have waited. Especially when you think about, it's not just Robbie Anderson who gets paid. Brian Burns is going to probably is going to need to have his fifth-year option extended. It's not up for a contract yet, but DJ is going to be up for a contract. You got Dante Jackson, who's looked fantastic, to be up for a contract. Now they have Stephon Gilmore, who's going to want some money. There are a lot of guys on this roster who need to get paid. And Robbie Anderson, who got paid, it's not. And the other guy who got paid was Taylor Moten, who's been solid, doing everything he's done his first, what, four seasons here in Carolina. Robbie Anderson, not even doing even an eighth of what he did in his one season here in Carolina through the first six games of the year. He's got to get it together. Because right now, you look at two contracts on this Panthers roster, and you're looking at some of the guys that need to get signed. I even can throw out Hassan Reddick out there, too, potentially come up here in the 2022 offseason. Both of those contracts, McCaffrey and Anderson's, especially Anderson's right now, because we know what McCaffrey is when he's healthy. And we honestly, maybe last year was just an aberration. That was contract year being undefeated. But right now, Robbie Anderson looks like he's a ski mask all-star stealing money from the Carolina Panthers for the first six weeks of the season. And Scott Fitterer, Matt Rule, and all involved cannot be happy about what they've seen through the first six weeks. The Carolina Panthers have what you would call a uh, cannot-lose game on Sunday. Not going to say must-win because their season doesn't end if they do lose. But I will tell you all, I got nothing for you. Podcast is canceled if they lose to the Giants on Sunday afternoon at MetLife Stadium in the Meadowlands. Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson making their return up to the New York metropolitan area. We'll take a closer look at the New York Giants here in just a moment. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. 
And y'all know my favorite one has always been the Eminem McFlurry. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's a place you always look forward to stopping out on a long road trip to rest your legs and to refuel. And for me, went on that long road trip, wanted some Mickey D's, always going with the chicken McNuggets, give me some honey mustard, give me some of those fries, give me some of that sweet tea with some lemon, and I'm good to go as I head back home. So head over to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did someone say Locked On Panthers watch party? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. You already know, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And if you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down. A Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate. And when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you'll swear you're eating a candy bar. Built Bars are low carb low calorie, low fat, low sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. So many flavors. Another great thing about Built Bar, there are so many mouthwatering flavors, including coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut, almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. This month, Built Bar is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four days. So check their website often. You don't want to miss out. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Y'all, the Carolina Panthers better not lose this game on Sunday. Seriously, the New York Giants are terrible. Dave Gettleman, remember him? The Penguin, as I believe Josh Norman, the former Carolina Panther who had his franchise tag rescinded after contract negotiations became tense with Dave Gettleman. Only have Gettleman fired a year later, and he's now up in New York with the Giants, the club that, of course, he was that part of before coming to Carolina and somewhere he always hoped to be able to build a Super Bowl winner. Well, that's not happening in New York, it's not going to happen this season. And, well, because it's not going to happen this season, the fact that they're not even going to be a playoff team unless they have some sort of miraculous turnaround, which could possibly, hopefully not, start on Sunday at MetLife Stadium against the Carolina Panthers. Dave Gettleman will be out on the unemployment line and, you know, probably actually headed to retirement, which, honestly, the man's made a lot of money. And to his credit, he did a fantastic job being able to build a 2015 Super Bowl team. I do understand the foundational pieces of that roster and the head coach were all brought in by Marty Herney, who we don't really uh, like to give too much praise for. But, you know, you can understand you got to give credit when credit's due. Dave Gutterman has not done a great job at all in New York, opting to draft Saquon Barkley instead of taking a quarterback. A lot of folks said that should have been Sam Darnold. As we saw in New York, that did not work out. And how as we've seen through the first six weeks of the season, maybe Dave Gettleman was on to something by bad, bypassing uh, Darnold in favor of Barkley. But Daniel Jones, a Charlotte native, played Charlotte Latin High, went to the Duke University. Boo! He has not necessarily lived up to the hype either that he was hoping to see as he struggled with turnovers, particularly with fumbles, coming off a three-interception day on Sunday and yet another Giants loss. And the Giants have beaten the New Orleans Saints, going on the road to get their only win of the season in the return to the Superdome for the Saints who were displaced by Hurricane Ida. So they are capable, of course, of winning this football game. Looking at some of the numbers, Daniel Jones, will start off with him. The Charlotte native has completed 62.5% of his passes for 1,524 yards so far this season. His four passing touchdowns are tied for the fewest among quarterbacks 
who have started at least four games this season. Saquon Barkley, who when healthy is great. And we saw a couple years ago when the Carolina Panthers needed, who is now the Giants kicker, Graham Gano, to get a game-winning 61-yard field goal. Barkley was incredible in that football game as the Giants came back and almost made that look like a terrible loss for Ron Rivera and that coaching staff as they completely, entirely mismanaged it, only to be bailed out by Graham Gano in the end. He's out with the ankle, at least he was on Sunday. Kenny Galladay is suffering a knee injury, and wide receiver Darius Slayton was also not active on Sunday against the Los Angeles Rams, something to monitor in wide receiver Kadarius Tony left early with an ankle injury that had already been bothering him and left tackle Andrew Thomas left with an ankle injury as well that has placed him on the injured reserve for the next three weeks as that was where he was designated on Tuesday afternoon by the New York Giants. So problems abound for that offense and it's not just at the skill positions and injuries. It's also with the offensive line that has had issues protecting for the last couple of seasons and staying healthy. Week one Giants offensive line was this. Left tackle Andrew Thomas, left guard Shane Lemieux, center Nick Gates, right guard Will Hernandez, right tackle Nate Solder. Heading to week seven, left tackle Nate Solder moving over from right to left. Uh, Matt Skura now at left guard, Billy Price at center, right guard Will Hernandez staying at his position from week one, and right tackle Matt Pert. Lemieux, Gates, Ben Bredesen, Andrew Thomas all injured. Lemieux and Gates out for the season. The Carolina Panthers who have struggled to get to the pass over the last couple weeks, should have no problem, should have a get-right game on Sunday up in the Meadowlands as they have an opportunity to get after a beat-up, injured Giants offensive line and get after a quarterback, Daniel Jones, who does not have a lot of options potentially going into the weekend at the skill positions in New York. Now, defensively, one of our buddies, James Bradbury, who a lot of folks thought, why did not the Carolina Panthers go out there and re-sign him? Ranked fourth last year in the NFL when it came to passer rating, um, only allowing 70.1, making three interceptions, 14 pass breakups, which made you think, yeah, absolutely should have signed James Bradbury. But this season, he struggled. He's already allowed four touchdowns and an opposing passer rating of 114.2. Maybe Sam Darnold can get off the snide by throwing at James Bradbury this weekend as he'll go up against his former teammate in DJ Moore. The Giants defense overall ranks 29th with 28.3 points allowed per game and 27th with 400. 1.3 yards allowed per game and the run defense is also very bad as they were one of the bottom teams in the league against the Rams they allowed four touchdowns through the air while Dallas had three passing touchdowns and 515 net yards again the Carolina Panthers they are not the Rams or the Dallas passing attack as Matt Rule has said but this is a game the Carolina Panthers cannot lose considering everything I just told you about the injuries the state of Daniel Jones the state of the franchise under Dave Gettleman and the fact that this is a very bad defense must, 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 must win. Well, can't lose. That's what I meant to say. Can't lose game on Sunday against the New York Giants. And we'll talk more about it on Thursday as I'll talk to Patricia Trena of the Locked on Giants podcast for a weekly crossover episode here on Locked on Panthers. Again, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts across the Locked on Podcast Network. Follow me on Twitter as right now, I want you to go ahead and send me in your Locked On Panthers mailbag questions, which we do every single Friday here on the show. So either at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council. But first, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. Again, thank you so much for your support. As always, I will talk to you all on Thursday.
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.